Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I'm a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Hey, it's Steph and welcome to another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. I'm excited for today's episode because, well, not only do I have on my older sister, Catherine, to share about the market, the real estate market, but we're going to dive into um, just what is happening with the real estate market because it has been so crazy in the last couple of years. We will kind of dispel some myths or noise in the market, as we call it, and talk about just tips and advice for either current homeowners if you're considering buying a home, this is perfect for you as well. Um, and just giving you some confidence as we move into the new year and helping you make a big decision about buying a home. So welcome, Catherine. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, we're just going to start with you telling us a little bit about your experience in the real estate industry. When did you start? And what drew you to be in real estate? Yeah, well, I got my license in January of 2016. And our market has gotten busier and busier ever since, it has seemed. Um, Yeah, it's been such a crazy ride. I can't believe that it's going into like the eighth year or so already. That's Um, crazy. It goes really fast. And I decided to get into real estate. I actually thought about getting my license when I was like 19 or 20 and decided not to pursue it at that time. I don't know why exactly, but um, I decided to do another business adventure for five years and then got into the real estate industry. And uh, the lessons I learned in those five years certainly propelled me for the career that I have now. So it kind of goes back to everything works out exactly the way it's supposed to be and it's meant to be. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I got licensed in 2016 and I knew one person in the industry, um, Sherry Grass, and <laughs> her and I had a meeting and I joined her on the Mike Riggles team at Remax. So Remax. And just to let the whoever's listening know, this is we're talking about real estate market specific to the lacrosse area in Wisconsin. Yes. So that is one thing about real estate is every area you go to is going to be different. Yep. So yeah. Um every area and market is specific. Um, some of the things I are definitely do apply, you know, yeah. in general 
to the industry. So what drew you to real estate then after um, you originally decided to try a different business route? Um, What kind of made you want to pursue it then? So I think a lot of people think that realtors maybe love homes or interior design or things (laughs) along that nature, but I truly love people. And working with people energizes me. Um, If I was in a career or a business that I sat in an office and didn't hardly talk to any people, (laughs) I think you'd go insane. I'd go insane. I I love people. I feel like it fills my cup up to be interacting with others. And like I said, being with people energizes me. Um, Yeah. So I feel like I'm happy when I'm with people. So Mm -hmm. I'm in the people business, which happens to be also real estate. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I feel like it is a fast paced industry. So you have to be willing to, um, you know, work some of those nights and weekends and, but then you also have the freedom on other, other times. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that's also what drew me to real estate was just the opportunity to work, um, you know, work as much as you want to really what you put into it, you're going to get out of it. So, and just something that is, I feel like it's a really unique industry too. Yes. Um, Oh, very much. I mean, it's, it's relatable in the fact that like almost everyone at some point in their house buys or sells a home, but also really unique from the standpoint of working in it. Yes. We have a lot of great pieces of technology in the industry. And we also have a lot of old school traditions and things (laughs) that have taken place for decades that I feel like I was taught at the beginning. And some of those things are already sifting away from us. Yeah. All the tech, I mean, think of how much has changed in eight years technologically. It's kind of insane, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, take us through the market as you've experienced it in the last We'll just go back even five years. So you've been in eight years. I would say the last five years. So pre-COVID, what was it like compared to, you know, COVID through 2022 even? Totally, two totally different markets. Yeah. So a lot of the tactics that we used prior to COVID didn't really work in 2020, (laughs) 2022. There was a lot of tactics that I would use if we're specifically talking buyers that I would use to help a buyer get an offer accepted. Um, And then there were also great negotiating tactics that um, really weren't put to use for the last couple of years because there wasn't room a lot of times to negotiate for the buyer. Um, Most of the negotiations were the seller. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, things have changed. I feel like right now, today in January 2023, we're seeing a lot of those 2015 to 2020 um, tactics and strategies come back to the uh, Mm -hmm. market, um, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, It's a little bit more balanced. It's getting a little bit at a better pace, um, which this is what it was let's just say 2015 to 2020. What you would consider more normal market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Right, a listing could maybe sit for a few months or if it was priced really amazing, had all these updates, showed well, um, maybe they did see three offers at the time. Um, But you didn't have to get there within 24 hours and write your 
plus over asking. No one's so yeah, take us through then the difference between um, what you would consider normal market and what we saw in the last, you know, two years or so was very abnormal. So what made it abnormal? Yeah. So what made it abnormal was um, a combination of some variables. Again, we had low inventory for several years. Inventory meaning houses. (laughs) Yes. And the low inventory goes back to actually like 2007, 8, 9, 10, when we didn't keep up with the newer construction to meet the size of our population. And then you fast forward that to 10 more years and and not enough houses you have low inventory yes. for people wanting to buy. Correct. Okay. So then you add in crazy abnormal low interest rates, everybody feeling like it's a good time to buy when you already have low inventory. And then you and what was abnormally low interest rates in the last two years was what two to three percent? Yeah. Yeah. Which what would you say is an average interest rate? Prior to that, they hovered four and a half, five and a half. Right. Somewhere in there. Which honestly, right now they're high fives. So which is still pretty, low compared to yeah, what it has been. <laughs> yeah. If you if you go back, um, I love diving into educating myself on previous markets Mm -hmm. of when I would have been younger or not born yet. (laughs) Right. And um, I love educating myself on that because clients are always asking for, you know, our advice. And I think perspective is everything. So um, I would say like the average, a really great rate, if you take like a 30 year span, would be seven to 8%. Yeah. So we're still lower than that today. Exactly. Um, if you want to talk to your parents or um, grandparents, they will talk to you about 13%, 15%, 20%. Right. So I think that's a really key point because um, people get really scared away by the interest rates to even, you know, look at buying a house. But really, it's all, like you said, it's all perspective, right? Right. So people that are maybe 30 and under have only seen interest rates around five to six percent. So right now, seven to eight feels high when right. you go back further. And that's actually still a really great rate. It is. And the, the thing to keep in mind, too, like what we always tell our clients is you are not married to the rate. And you can always refinance and change it. And that's right. not your forever rate. So don't let that be your determining factor when right. you're, you find a house that you love. Yeah, exactly. And let's just say you've been saving up for a few years and now your goal is to buy this year and you're like, oh, the rates. So I'll just wait for them to go back down. Um, my advice would be they're not likely going to reach where they were um, anytime in the near future. <laughs> of course, I can always be proven wrong. I like to remind everybody yeah. of that. Um, but they're they're highly not likely going to do that. And you have to do what's best for you at the right time. Mm-hmm. So if you can find something that fits your needs, that you're excited about, that fits into your budget, the payment makes sense then let that be your deciding factors for sure. What is the rate now compared to a year ago? Um, Because, you know, we have to make decisions Mm -hmm. for the present, right? Yeah. And like, you can't really time it out. Like, no, I think a lot of people have this misconception about real estate that they can, you know, time out the best time to buy or the best time to sell when really hindsight is 2020. We're never going to know when is the right time. Right. Um, 
unless we, you know, can predict the future. So, well, right. <laughs> Otherwise, everybody from my graduating class would have been buying a house in 2010 and 11. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you just don't know what you don't know at the time. Exactly. Yeah. We would have went back and bought a bunch of investment property. Yeah. <laughs> raised up your money to buy that $50,000 foreclosure. Exactly. Yes, you would have. And I think very few of us did, but you just don't know what you don't know at the time. Right. So like buying and selling in the last two years, we'll just call it COVID times. It's kind of what we've come to know it as, um, was what, like you had to, how many, I mean, there'd be tons of offers you were writing way over. Um, so like, what was that like on a buy on the buying perspective? Um, yeah, it was rough. It was rough for buyers. It was, it was challenging. Um, but it was something that, you know, I feel like your role as the realtor is you have to be the beacon of light and you have to stay positive for your client. And, um, you know, they're looking to you as a professional for your advice. Mm -hmm. So having to stay positive, especially let's just say they wrote a few offers and now they just got another one rejected. And that's how you're starting Mm -hmm. your day at 7 a.m. with a rejected email. Um, (laughs) And then you have to turn it around and say, it's okay. You know, we're going to do this and this. Um, So it was kind of crazy. Um, It was anywhere from five to 10 to 15 offers, you know, again, anywhere from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50,000 over Um, lots of, um, clauses, you know, stating how high someone would go to Mm -hmm. outbid another offer right higher, um, leaving inspections, just really no negotiating. I was just going to say the the strategies were all, you know, what is best for the seller. I even offered, I think on one offer, I think I offered to throw the seller a pizza party on moving day <laughs> just for the heck of it they didn't get it accepted but well you know sort of the crazy things yeah that's, that's when you're you're going above and beyond to try and get your client the home that they want so and the reason I well okay let's talk about the selling side then too because you know everyone thought that well that's the time to sell it and, and you know, the last couple of years was the time to sell, but then what if you sold, what if you had your house um, and it sold, but then what was it like trying to find exactly. your next house? Exactly. Um, yeah. If you were looking to sell because you were going to purchase again, whether you're purchasing in the same area or you're moving to a different area out of state, you're going to flip it around and be a buyer. So exactly. Was it a wash in some cases? Yes. So that goes back to my original advice of do what's best for you at the timing that's right for you or your family. On your own timeline. Yes. And not timing it out. And I think too, that whole um, idea of like, oh, you know, it's a, it's uh, the market is hot, right? People say the market is hot right now or or we've heard in the last six months, it's cooling off, right? We kind of call this or refer to it as noise in the market. Um, so why would just the general person want to avoid some of that noise in the market or even just listening to the media about what's going on or just yeah. random conversation? Like, why is it important to go to your agent and get like, you know, just honest advice? Yeah. Well, in the media, in my opinion, is, you know, they... They need headlines. They need Fear something that's going to be catching. Exactly. You know, if they're like, oh, the market is shifting slightly to be a little bit better for buyers, or the market is balancing to some degree, that doesn't they're not gonna, really catch yeah. a lot of attention. They're not going to say that. Um, 
So they want to they want to look at you know headlines. The other thing too is media is very general. Mm-hmm. You know, is a very general statement. And along those lines too, the media is not the professional of the industry, right? Right. So you won't look to the media to tell you what's going on with other industries, mm-hmm. non real estate related, or even just. I feel like we people in general tend to take advice from like friends and family about real estate or or the market when like again your friends and family maybe don't know they're not in the industry yeah. so it's really important to just like go to the source have a trusted agent that you can yeah. chat with and have a working relationship with who's going to give you honest advice mm-hmm. And also something I've really come to know about real estate is that it is really, truly so individualized. Yeah. Every circumstance, every situation is unique and different. And really the goal of us as the agent is to make your experience feel personable. Right. And that we're giving advice that is not general or generic, but specific to you and your situation. That's why it's important for us to get to know you. Um, and, you know, really understand your needs. Right. Yep. And that's why um, when it wasn't too long after I got into the business, I um, decided I wanted to work specifically by referral because it's relationship based. So when someone's getting referred, there's already mutual connections. We a lot of times maybe we know each other to some degree already. That relationship is key because, yeah, everyone's interests are unique and like what their goals are and what they're looking to do. And I feel like a really great agent listens to all of that and then takes what the client is telling them to help formulate a step-by-step plan of like, how are we going to actually achieve this goal? Is the goal moving and selling? Is the goal buying an investment property? Is the goal buying hunting land? Um, I mean, it can be a plethora of different things because we have... um, Help not only first-time home buyers, but obviously people move up in homes mm-hmm. or helped people move down, you know, into a yeah. condo or a twin home, um, or maybe someone, uh, the family is selling because someone has passed. That's a totally different, different circumstance, situation. date sales, uh, uh, short sales. Um, and then you have the fund purchases that are maybe like the investment or the Airbnb, mm-hmm. um, something along yep. those lines. You also, you know, have the, the lots. Yep. Um, where people are looking to build their dream home, you know, and to make this dream home become a reality, what what do they need to know for that? So lots of different things. There's no day that is ever <laughs> alike the previous, <laughs> which I also think is the appealing factor for someone like you and I who like thrives on just variety and um, yeah, having that like excitement of working with different people in different situations. So to bounce off of that, what you just said, um, what advice would you give specifically to first-time home buyers? A first-time home buyer. Yeah. So I would say you wanna you wanna like build your team around you of professionals that are gonna help you achieve your goal of home ownership, right? Um, so finding an agent that listens to your needs, um, someone who's knowledgeable and someone that you feel can be trustworthy. And a lot of times a great realtor has um, connections for lending and based on your specific set of financial circumstances can point you in the right direction and recommend a lender 
um, that is local that can help give you your options and, you know, find the loan that best fits for you. And then you can start your, your home search, but a buyer, um, I think one of the largest misconceptions is that if they work with an agent, they think that they might spend more money because they're working with an agent. And we like to sit down and, you know, really have a meeting at the beginning of this process where we talk about how the agent does get paid and how it's not going to cost them additional money. And then the key is that they have representation on their side. Yes, um, so important. The seller's gonna have their own as the buyer, you should have your own as well. And it's not gonna cost you anything. And if anything, it's going to elevate your experience. For and sure. Very different than if you were going to try to do it without someone on your side, especially if you've never done this before. Totally. And I feel like too, even just thinking back to when we bought our first house, um, obviously feeling well taken care of working with you. Um, I can't imagine going through that entire process, one, trying to figure it out on my own, but just like not having the back and forth communication um, that obviously our team provides. So I like calling it the triangle of trust between you your um, real estate agent and your lender and how important that is and how like everyone needs to communicate together and work together so that you you're mutually um, understanding the whole process. Um, and also, like you said, with the the initial meeting, and I don't know if that's something that all agents do, but in our office, we really prioritize having that initial meeting to just lay out the buyer journey experience, you know, what does it actually mean to buy a home? Yeah. There's I like, so many steps. I like to call it laying um, the foundation um, because which I know haha, houses, right? <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, but laying the foundation of the process because we, we go through so much in that meeting that sets them up for better success, um, less um, stress or less questions later. And um, my goal with the meeting is that they leave feeling like, wow, you know, this is achievable. I'm not as stressed. I have my questions answered. I have someone to lean on who mm -hmm. is sitting in the professional role on the other side of the table, guiding me through this. And I feel good about this. Like, mm -hmm. this is great. So back to the agent being kind of that, that beacon of light, you know, for the client of their goal. Um, that's, how they want to leave the meeting. So yeah, doing that um, alleviates so much stress from For the sure. process and questions. And then when they do identify the perfect fit and they go to write the offer um, and I'm rattling off what are all the terms, they've heard all these things before because we've talked about it. Yeah. Um, versus I would like to call it like helter skelter of not having the meeting, not having uh, representation set up, showing up at the house, and all of a sudden you find this perfect fit house and you have no idea what to do. Yeah. And it, like that doesn't leave you feeling good. You know, now right. you're anxious and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this house so much, but how are we going to get it? We don't even know what to do. Well, no. even having that pre approval. And well, when you started the process correctly, um, and you identify that we have a really easy flow. Okay. Here's what we're going to do next. Mm -hmm. And this, this, and, um, I'll, you know, then you have, you have that guidance. So it makes for a night and day experience. 
Yeah, definitely. And I feel like too, explaining a lot of those terms and ahead of time is so helpful because, you know, being in the industry, you are just familiar with a lot of the, you know, earnest money or um, like even just saying, you know, listing agent, the the lender, the pre-approval, all these terms, if you're not familiar with them, then you're not going to know what is going on. Um, and it's a big buying decision to not understand. Right. Um, and you don't want to feel stupid going into it either yes. or like yeah. sign up for something that you didn't understand completely. Exactly. Yeah. So going through this, because when you write an offer, it's a contract, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a legal statement, it's a legal binding contract. <laughs> um, so we want to make sure that everything's been explained and especially for first time home buyers, I yeah. encourage them to, you know, bring a family member with to the meeting, bring a family member with to the homes, like anybody that you're going to look to for advice yep. besides maybe the next, you know, the person you're purchasing it with, whether that be a significant other spouse, et cetera, um, bring another trusted advisor with. So you're getting a plethora of very trusted advice from mm-hmm. all areas and that, so that your decision is very sound. We yeah. want the decision to be sound and you to be excited. Yeah. Right. Not scared or nervous or overwhelmed. Exactly. We want you to be excited. And there's a, there's a little, always a little nerves there. I feel like no matter what. Yeah. But that's like exciting nerves. Big deal. Yeah. But um, yeah, we want there to be excitement as well. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to current home buyers that are looking to either upgrade or expand or maybe um, just, you know, buy another piece of property? Yeah. Um, so I think the... The biggest thing with that that people are wondering is um, you just need you need all the info in front of you to be able to make the decision because it's a little different than just buying your first home, right? Now you own something. So first step, you need to figure out what kind of equity you currently have. And that is done with um, can be done with a realtor that can do a market analysis and help you figure out exactly how much equity you roughly have if you were going to sell tomorrow. What is a market analysis? Um, that is one <laughs> of the tools of a home evaluation of if you were going to put your home on the market currently, what what could you get? What could it sell for? What is what is the you know the, the price the price look like? Yeah, what is the value? Um, and we can do that, and it's something that um, I would never you know charge anyone for. It's something that we do, and we have the knowledge and tools to do so. So. Um, Going to your home, looking at it, figuring that out as your first puzzle piece, and then talking with a lender. Again, going back to we can recommend someone or refer. Sometimes you're really happy with the first one you used. Sometimes you're not. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then we can start to lay the puzzle pieces of each individual scenario of, well, what do we need to do first then? Do we need to identify where we're going or do we need to sell? And what is our plan behind that first step uh, to make this all flow? Um, so that um, we don't have a client that um, is homeless or, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden like, what is happening? Yeah, you sell your house, but you have nowhere to go. Yes. So the conversations need to be had. Um, most of the time they happen, you know, at the client's home, right? Sitting in the living room or the dining room table. And then um, we kind of start to put the the pieces together of what needs to come first. And I'm a very step-by-step type no. person. That's how I <laughs> process things. And, um, 
Yeah. So I feel like if you have a plan to help you reach your goal, you're going to feel like we can actually achieve this. Mm -hmm. So that's my goal is to actually sit down, figure the numbers out, listen to the needs, then we can put the plan together and then we can work towards executing and we can have fun along the way. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is fun. It's a fun, um, typically not always, but typically, you know, there's a, an exciting reason behind, um, what, where you're going and what that upgrade or expansion is. Yeah. So why would you say it's important to build a relationship and stay in touch with your agent? Like you said, you work by referral. We work by referral, um, on the Sherry Grass team at Remax Results, um, together. And what, why, you know, a lot of people probably buy or sell their house and never hear from their agent again, right? Or they have to reach back out to them when they're ready to buy or sell again. So why is it important to like maintain that relationship and with the age with the agent and sure. personally feel like it's on the agent to do that for the most part? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, first and foremost, um, as realtors, we are this resource of all these different um, connections, you know, and local resources, businesses, tools, um, all sorts of different things that have to do with home ownership um, that we can provide resources to um, when you're selling a home and you run into things from an inspection or a title standpoint, serving. I mean, there's so many things Mm -hmm. that, um, that we um, run into and then gain experience going through the process that we can then offer that to our clients. You know, I just had a client call me today with a, you know, potential water issue. And then we're talking about like, what, what do, what does things look like from there, what they can do. And I said, thank you so much for calling. And they're like, yeah, we wanted to include you and see what your advice might be of what our next steps should be based on X, Y, Z. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that they do. And it's not like it's been the first time I've talked to them since they bought three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I've stopped back and, you know, we've stayed in touch and know that they had two babies and <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. And staying in touch, like for me, that's the enjoyment. That's the beauty of the business. That's the fun part. <laughs> it, it is. It truly is. And, and stopping by and seeing like the progress and the updates. And it's really fun to have that bond between um, all these clients because typically a lot of times, like we're the only ones that saw something the way it was. Yeah. You know, and that might have been like, the it. previous seller's crazy furniture, whatever we have to talk about and how now they've done this and this and this and how different it all looks. Um, and I get to see like new trends and new things, you know, and I get to see all the past stuff. Yeah. Right. All the <laughs> And past what I probably would like to do yeah. <laughs> and what's come in and then gone out. Um, but your realtor is just this great resource, you know, and I feel like too, like you want to connect with an agent that um, you feel like you have a connection with and that they are being truthful and honest. And then you want to stay in touch. Yeah. Like, like you personality matches. Yeah. You want to work with someone that you feel like I like them. I yeah. Like them. I, I like them as a person. person. Exactly. Um, 
So, and not every single person is going to jive, you know, yeah, that's why there's totally. different choices and options out there. Um, but to me, that is one of the largest enjoys enjoyments of is the actual relationship industry. Yes. Yeah, totally feel that. I mean, I think just being in business in general, you know, like if you're going into a, essentially a sales role, um, you have to like people right. <laughs> and be wanting to, you know, like just go above and beyond um, to create a great experience. That's really what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so fun because there are like families, neighborhoods and workplaces that you get to know all these different people from, from them continuing to refer and your relationships growing and expanding. And to me, like that is just so fun. I thoroughly enjoy that a lot. Right. And also just like the extra fun things like the client parties. Um, You know, we both did a pie party this year and around Thanksgiving to give back to clients and doing the Halloween party for the kids and um, the Remax party. And like, uh, really, I truly feel like our our team, especially in just Remax, like really does go above and beyond to um, create those relationships and strengthen them over time. It's not just a one and done. You're not a transaction. Um, you are a person with a purpose and goals and a family. And yeah. So I think continuously always asking yourself, um, if I was in that person's shoes, how would I want this to go? How would I want to be treated? Um, what's the kind of experience I would want to have? I'm constantly asking myself that question, right? And then when I'm trying to do something um, to stay in touch with clients or just do something to help them and like make their life easier, um, I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes. Like when I've got a family that has pets and kids and the whole truck is packed up and they're homeless for an hour in between closings. And it's so stressful. If you can go fill their fridge with some basic foods or some basic things, hallelujah. If you can order up pizzas and have them delivered to their house that night, do it. Like, you know, if someone did that for me, I would be forever grateful. (laughs) Yeah, right. Or Or brought coffees to closing. Yes, whatever it might be. Just like those little touches, I feel like I enjoy those. Yeah. When someone does that, they go a long way. So that's what I try to do. Um, I love it for them. Well, I think that kind of sums up why someone would want to work with you. <laughs> um, and we have a lot of laughs. Yeah. If you can't tell, sure. we have just a little bit of fun. Um, so I will still ask though, why would someone want to work with, we'll start with you to buy or sell they're either a uh, home or property. Yeah. So I think like we kind of reiterated already, um, just trying to put yourself in the client's shoes, right? How would I want to be treated? How would I want this to go? Um, a lot of times this is something that, you know, people feel like they, they're, they've got a lot of questions about and they're confused. And I say time and time again, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as being embarrassed. Um, You need to find the equity of your home and I need to stop by. Do not clean your house for me. (laughs) You know, do not be embarrassed because little kids (laughs) and a dog, you know. Um, But again, just trying to put yourself in someone's shoes to say, okay, if this were me, how would I want to be treated? What would I want to be told? 
I would want honest answers of somebody who um, is giving you like their true feedback, right? And I always try to say, like, if this were me, what would I want to know? Like, I would want their real two cents on what they think about this property, right? Or this investment or this piece of land or whatever it might be. Like, what is their real two cents if they were in my shoes? Mm -hmm. When I think one of just one of your strengths is your ability to be realistic and honest while also optimistic Um, and giving people hope that, you know, even if it doesn't turn out the way you exactly think it's going to, like Mm -hmm. you said, everything works out the way it's supposed to for the best. Mm -hmm. Um, So always having a positive attitude. And um, I think you're very thorough in your education process of working with people, which I don't think is um, just as common in the industry, like to actually really sit down and educate people on just the entire journey and also just working by referral and staying in touch with people and, um, making those phone calls, you know, every day and just checking in on people and making people feel like they are heard and listening and truly genuinely caring about someone. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say if someone was looking to buy or sell, why would they would want to work with me, um, even being newer in the industry is, well, um, I think I will take after you in a lot of your um, education process. I'm a teacher at heart. I'm a coach. I'm a guide. Um, and also love to, you know, give people that sense of optimism and hope, um, along the journey, making it fun. I mean, I feel like that's kind of my goal in life is whatever we're doing. We're doing burpees or we're doing, we're finding a home, writing a contract. We're making it fun. Um, we're always going to have a good time and those maintaining those relationships. I mean, I love to throw parties, so I throw great client parties. (laughs) (laughs) Well, kidding, but not kidding. I think that your brain operates similar to mine. And like, we want to take the whole situation and then figure out the step-by-step pieces and plan. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in this industry, that's what a lot of people are looking for is the guidance. They can tell us what their goal is. And then they want that guidance of how do I get there? Yeah. Like, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where we can really shine. Mm-hmm. And um, some of our best uh, qualities can really come through and be best put to use. Yeah. And um, I really love working with just like brand new people, whether that's in, you know, fitness or whatnot. Like, I love taking someone who um, is really almost maybe nervous about the process of something like yes. buying a home and calming their nerves and making them feel comfortable. Yes. And welcomed and um, taken care of. So that is what I yeah, try I, to do. And I think that um, when you when you're putting yourself in their shoes, that's how you can like have that um, quality to want to meet them at the beginning, right? Because you were once there. Yourself. I was just gonna say I think and back, you know, and and you don't want to forget that. And I think that's like mm-hmm. staying humble too. Of you know, I was in that sh- in their shoes, and I and I I remember those feelings, you know, of anxiousness mm-hmm. or stress or feeling like you know I didn't know what to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's one hundred percent why I was just gonna say I remember feeling that way purchasing my first home, and also too like working, um, being a small business owner myself, and then you know p- potentially working with a lot of small business owners 
it does kind of feel um, maybe scary sometimes to take that first leap if you're not really sure where you're at with your business or maybe it's new or, you know, just people that are younger and haven't quite figured out their next life step or um, finances. <laughs> like, I know that that can be a, a scary conversation to have. So just knowing that I've been there to remembering that when when I'm meeting with people mm-hmm. to make them feel comfortable um, in whatever situation they're in. Exactly. So what do you predict for the market in 2023? Um, well, like I said, I love educating myself and staying up on, you know, the data, like what experts are saying. And um, one of the resources that I follow the most um, they do pro- they do more research on the economy and the real estate industry than the National Association of Realtors actually does. Yeah. Um, so I get a lot of my information from um, that resource, one place. Um, so my prediction is that um, we're going to continue on this trend of a little bit more balanced. It's been slightly quiet from the fall into the winter, just generally speaking about the market. Um, but it's always like that around here. In around, the I mean, the holidays too. For sure. And I feel like if someone's a buyer that November, December, January, like keep keep your eyes open, be ready to rock because yeah. that's when there could possibly be something that's more of a deal or a better price or mm-hmm. less prop, less buyers, you know, competition, et cetera. Um, so you can really win as a buyer also as a seller, because there's not a lot of competition for other listings going on, but things yeah, do happen. There's less. So I always houses. feel like the winter get, gets given like this, oh, nothing's happening, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm busy. Yeah, I was going to say, that's all the, <laughs> the mindset of yeah. the, the agent, yeah. honestly, is like if they, as the agent, if you are working your business and serious about it, like you're making calls, you're writing out, you know, cards to people, you're staying in touch with people, um, staying top of mind so that if someone is even considering buying or selling, um, that you're their resource, you're their right. person that they're going to go to. Yeah. So back to the question. Um, yeah, I definitely see it on this trend of staying a little bit more balanced, um, buyers having a little bit more time to get to something. Um, maybe things won't be as wild and crazy on the pricing or the offer numbers on the selling side as they were in 2022 and 2021 and 2020. Um, But that doesn't mean that you can't put your home on the market and get a fantastic price and a great offer. Right. Totally. If that's your goal. Um, So yeah, it's um, I'm very excited about this market. I feel like prior to 2020, um, we had such low inventory that was really tough. And then the market just got all wild with the low rates and different <laughs> things for a couple of years. And that was just like, hurry, 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 you know, right. The, the best chaotic. Yes. Very chaotic. Um, so discouraging I, for first time home buyers yeah. for sure. Yeah. It was like, well, okay. We look for 10 minutes. There's five other people here. Oh. You have two hours to decide how high do you want to go? Tell me now. Yeah. Yeah. So I keep, I keep <laughs> hammering home that like, it is actually a great time for new home buyers to it start is. looking because things are becoming more balanced. 
And that was the thing too, is I kept hearing a lot of people saying, oh, you're going to, you're in real estate now as the market's cooling down. Like what bad timing when really, I mean, it's better timing because yeah. you're actually going to learn how to, ne- I'm learning right now how to negotiate and how to be a good agent and, and, you know, like actually being able to include inspections and like exactly. um, being able to just like do a better job for your client than simply writing 20,000 over. Um Exactly. Which is not necessarily a skill. <laughs> it's just knowing, you know, knowing that that your client's got to have a lot of extra money um, to be able to even have a chance. So, yeah. So I would say the outlook on 2023, I almost said 2022, <laughs> um, is fantastic. And um, whether it's more options, yeah, you're just going to be able to achieve the goal a lot better, especially if your goal has been to move up. Yeah. I feel like there's, you know, you're having kids, whatever you, you need more room, um, that that's going to be more achievable in like a little shorter timeline than it might've been before. Yeah, for sure. Any other final thoughts on the market or what you're looking forward to this year? Um, yeah, I think I, I said this already, but just a little bit more balance and, um, being able to, um, bring, skills to the forefront that maybe haven't been used in a few years, um, like the negotiating skills, um, pricing skills, um, an overpriced listing can be more detrimental right now than before. Mm -hmm. Um, So negotiating skills, pricing skills, um, just being able to use a lot of those skills again, let's just put it that way. Um, And when you list a home, like what are your strategies? What are your techniques? you know, to get the seller top dollar besides just, you know, before there'd be 30 showings automatically, no matter what at any property. Well, you overprice the listing now, it doesn't show well, et cetera, et cetera. Not great marketing. Now people and are wondering have, what's wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, just going back to being able to shine with um, skills and knowledge and um, the clients win then, right? Yeah. Um, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to um, just continue to soak up all the knowledge that I'm gaining from you and from Sherry and our team and all the resources that we have um, here at Remax. And um, I feel like it has been really fun, even in the last month, to yeah be able to learn you know these skills of negotiating and um, like you, I wouldn't have been able to really do that six months ago. So it's been fun. Um, and I'm looking forward to learning and continuing to do more. And, um, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to my podcast, sister. Yeah. Um, (laughs) my final thought would be if anyone does have a question again, there's no such thing as a, you know, dumb question. It would be to, um, reach out. Yeah. Reach out to reach you. out to me or you or exactly. our team. Yep. Reach out because, um, I guarantee that you will never regret reaching out with your, you know, silly question and that only, um, something good will come of it. Yeah, definitely. So you can, um, reach us at the Sherry grass team. Um, again, this is Catherine Howland and of course me, uh, Stephanie Roth. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoyed this market update, gave you some confidence in the year ahead. If you're looking to buy or sell or share this podcast with someone that you know is maybe in the market to buy or sell, um, to give them some, some confidence and a little insight. 
Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.